Hello, hello, podcast family. Before we jump into today's podcast, I need to remind you guys of our two headline sponsors. The first one being Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donuts. Um, for you guys who've been listening to the podcast, you guys have been heard about Elite Donuts now for some time. What I'm excited to announce now and moving forward is the Elite Donuts team has changed the Elite Donut for the better. And, and this is really, really exciting, guys. If you're listening and you tried the donuts in the past, the donuts were phenomenal. But the one thing that we always struggled with was that they were not shelf stable. So you had to you know, keep them refrigerated or keep them frozen. And that's just tough, right? It, it makes it a little more difficult to enjoy Elite Donuts, especially when you're on the go. Elite Sweets has, has launched their new shelf stable donut. Honestly, I think they're 10 times more delicious. They still have 13 grams of protein. They're gluten-free, keto-friendly, and only contain one gram of sugar. You're going to be able to find them in retail soon. Um, but for now, if you want to try them out, get your new Elite Donuts that are shelf-stable, as well as they launched a new flavor. It's maple. It's phenomenal. I'm not just saying that. You guys know me. Uh, I will tell the truth on here. It is my favorite flavor, and it's the new flavor. So get yours today. You can get them at EliteDonut.com or on Amazon. Either way, use code ShaneWhite30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you guys today by Routine. Routine has a proprietary product called Morning Routine, which again, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know this has become a staple in my life. It's something I take every morning. What it is is a single-serve packet that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. You can take one of these single-serve packets with you on the go. You just tear one open, mix it with some water, shake it up, and you're good to go. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. You can get your morning routine at yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. I am pumped today to have Caleb Holsey on the podcast from Thrive Market. Caleb, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. This is my, my first podcast. Um, I'm, I'm honored. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for your this. First. This will be great. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, man. Um, we were just talking before I hit record just on how funny... Yep podcasts have changed and if anyone's listening i'd be so curious to hear where you even though i can see most of it on my end where you're listening to the podcast because um we were just saying before how it seems like podcasts are like more and more moving to spotify and i feel like it's probably partially because of big names that are moving over and being bought by spotify yeah. but um we were just saying it's cool because it's like the only platform that's not the only platform but it's one that i think it's organically it's just as easy to listen to as it is to watch. Like this will be a video and audio on Spotify. So yeah, it's anyway. I've, I've actually, I find myself flipping between Spotify and YouTube for podcasts. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause I do enjoy the, the video format. Why do you, and do you go to YouTube if there's no video on Spotify? Um, it really just depends on where I'm watching. Um, you know, if it's, if I'm at my workstation, it's probably going to be Spotify, but if I'm like, 
somewhere else in the house, like, you know, in the living room or something, it'll be, uh, on the TV. So YouTube, um, okay. But yeah, I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. It just, <laughs> no, it's just interesting. I, I love to yeah. ask because I remember back in the day, and this is going to sound funny. I remember I used to listen and watch Joe Rogan on Spotify and mm-hmm. before he was, or sorry, on YouTube. And so when he was on Apple sure. Podcasts, if you wanted to watch, you'd have to like look at your phone, see the timestamp of how far you listened, and then go find that on YouTube. It. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember when it was on Spotify, I'm like, oh, that's cool now. You can just flip your phone sideways if you want to watch it, or you can go back to listen <laughs> just to rotate. whatever if you're working out. It's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, anyways, well, thank you for coming on. Pumped that this is your first podcast. Um, for everyone listening, and I've told you this offline, um, you know, this podcast, I've had lots of founders from the CPG space. Uh, I've started to talk to some folks from the VC side and just investments in the space. And for mm-hmm. the longest time, I've wanted to talk to someone like you at an awesome e-commerce site like Thrive Market. Um, I just think there's a ton of value in in hearing not only how you went from zero to one and how you're sitting in the seat you are today, because I think your story is really cool from what you've given me a little little tidbit of, of background into. Um, but for also people listening who are either at brands or have the aspiration to start up, you know, a brand or sell a product, just to dive into just learning what Thrive Market's looking for, what types of things you look for as, you know, potential successful brands on the platform. Um, we get, there's lots to dive into. I'm excited to chat. Oh, man, the there's yeah, hour and the, change. the list is endless. <laughs> we can talk about well, all let, sorts of stuff. Absolutely. Let, let's start with you, first and foremost. Can you give everyone cool. just a quick background of, I just gave you gave it away a little bit, but give everyone a little bit of a background into you and, and what your role is. And then we can, I'd love to learn more about just how you got to where you are. Yeah, so I'm currently the senior category manager at Thrive Market on our food team. So uh, we have a couple of teams at Thrive. Uh, we're mainly split into food and HHB, HHB being home health and beauty. Um, and so the food team is all shelf stable, fresh, frozen. Um, HHB would be like baby, pet, health and cleaning, paper, beauty, things like that. Um, so my role, senior category manager on the food team, um, I get to work with awesome brands day in, day out, find really exciting, cool products, first to market opportunities, um, and, you know, bring them to our platform and, you know, have those relationships, which I think is the most exciting part about what I do, um, is build those relationships with brands that are doing good for people and planet and communities and, um, you know, giving them a platform to grow and, um, be successful on. That's really cool. Um, and for everyone who's listening who doesn't know what Thrive Market is, would you give everyone, I would hope most people do, but would you mind explaining yeah. to everyone what Thrive Market is? And, and honestly, I would love to hear the the why behind the platform being created, if you know some of that story. Yeah. Um, so Thrive is, I'll call it eight years old. Um, we're still considered a startup, um, you know, but uh, so essentially Thrive was designed to bring um, – natural, organic, healthy foods to folks that don't have access. Um, So we ship to all zip codes in the lower 48. um, And our kind of model is to bring those healthy foods to users um, at an affordable price. So either they don't have access or, you know, if to maybe eat that way, it's just a little bit outside their budget. We try to bring that to be available to them. Um, so we work with this, you know, prior to Thrive, I was a global category man- category manager at Whole Foods Market. So what's cool is I get to work with 
very similar brands. You know, I have the same relationships with a number of the brands. Um, oh so yeah, I bet. the products, the products you would find in a, a Whole Foods and Arowana Sprouts, you know, different natural organic retailers. Um, but e-com delivered to your door, you know, um, at an affordable price. That's really, really cool. And, and would you mind giving everyone a background too, who I guess is not on the platform, even at a, at a high level? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind the first time I heard about Thrive was how do you guys get affordable prices yeah. through e-com? Yeah. Obviously, like usually that's the big hurdle is, you know, there's just a lot of expenses that go into selling online. So what is there like are, the, the yeah. macro, <laughs> the, the differentiator that makes it possible for Thrive? Yeah, so we we own three of our own fulfillment centers. So we have like a um, you know east, central, and west coast kind of covered, um, and so we have direct relationships with a number of brands to get costs down. Um, we also pull from a distributor um, who most brands are probably familiar with, um, but then we we have um, essentially a yearly fee. So it's a $60 a year fee to be a member. It's like five bucks a month. Um, so a lot of that helps to bring down the costs. Um, and I think that's the, the biggest way is those direct relationships and the membership fee allows us to really um, showcase savings to members. You know, when I'm having a conversation with brands, my sweet spots really between 20 and 30% savings, my minimum is kind of around 10% savings. Um, so when, uh, when someone comes to our website, um, there's a bunch of different ways that, um, a member will see a discount. Um, okay. but typically there's like your MSRP or, or, you know, the most common retail you'll find in market. We'll have that as a compare at or a strike through price. And then we'll have our thrive market price. Um, it, if you're not a member, you may not see those prices, um, because we do have a, a bit of a paywall. Um, a lot of the brands that we work with, uh, we offer their products uh, at a very competitive price that they don't necessarily want being put on Google. Sure. <laughs> and so we, yeah, we yeah, hide yeah. a lot of that behind the paywall. Okay, got it. Which is which is really interesting with the the membership because it kind of reminds me of a Costco model online to some sure. sort of a degree, right? I mean, that's obviously how they yeah. kind of do that as well. Yeah, we're kind of blending, you know, your 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 Whole Foods with a Costco model. But all online, yeah, it's it's yeah, new, that's a good unique. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it def yeah, it's a totally different feel, obviously, from searching the brands on Thrive. Then it's exactly it's the best way to put it. It's kind of like a combination of those two. Super interesting. Mm -hmm. And for you, I mean, obviously, like you just mentioned, your story starts in this category before Thrive at Whole Foods, and I know that it even goes back further. Would mm -hmm. you mind telling everyone just like how did you get how did you even get started like out of college is what you wanted to do did you want to be a buyer did you man would love yeah. to just you know how did you even because I know your I know your backstory a little bit more so I'd love yeah. to just figure out how you even got into buying roles I think it's such an interesting place to be yeah um, so I went to school for a completely different uh, degree path or um, pattern uh, I, I went to school for exercise physiology originally human movement. Um, I was, you know, I had an athletic background. I wanted to stay in that kind of space. Um, a very curious kid. And so I like to ask questions. And so I got into research, um, in college, I really fell in love with human physiology. So I left the exercise kind of like, um, degree pattern and went to 
nursing and I, I did three years of nursing school, really dug into the human physiology part of things. So I like asking questions about how things work and why they work and mm. how to fix them. Um, and then I, I kind of found that I wanted to work with folks that wanted to help themselves. Um, and typically in the hospital setting, there's, there's not a lot of like lifestyle change that happens. And so I, I went back to XFIS, um, finished up my degree there. And this is a long story. So sorry. <laughs> no, this um, is great. Oh no, we got the time. Go for it. Cool. And so, um, you know, finish out my degree. I had to have a, an internship. It was unpaid. And so I was working like three jobs. I was at um, the bike shop I grew up working at in high school. I was moonlighting there. I was working at uh, MasterCard's um, corporate fitness center, leading the gym there. And I was working a retail job uh, in an outdoor company. Um, and the, the outdoor company turned out to be um, my biggest opportunity. Um, I grew up in the you outdoors. Were, you were working all camping. three of those at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How were you doing um, that? With little sleep. <laughs> yeah. I was going to um, say, that's impressive to even handle the three different, trying to get on the, on the schedule for three different jobs. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I made it through essentially the, uh, the outdoor job kind of led me down the, the category management path. Um, I'd been in the outdoor industry for a long time in the sense that like I went camping every weekend as an out, you know, um, grew up hunting and fishing, um, camping all the time, hiking, doing outdoor stuff. Um, I, I tell people I never had a game system growing up. I was just playing okay. outside. Oh, really? Um, you never did? Yeah, never. I still, I've still never owned one. Um, wow, you've I, played them, I'm sure. At this somewhere. point, I'm kind of like, what's that? Have you played them somewhere? I'm sure you've. Well, yeah, college. Yeah. I had friends. Yeah, yeah that's all sure. I did was game, but I, yeah. I never really partook. Um, so anyway. Um, the outdoor industry turned into a really great job. Um, I was working on the sales floor, then I went back a house, and then uh, like associate buying position opened up in Austin, Texas. Um, so um, I took a big risk. I moved to Austin, and that was in 2012. Um, and then from there, I joined like the the, the corporate headquarters. We we're a mom and pop store, um, so we had 12 stores, uh, mainly in the Midwest. And I became Eventually, I did a couple jobs in the headquarters, but became the head buyer for hard goods. So everything from tents and backpacks and water filters to, you know, carabiners and widgets and lights to um, uh, sunglasses and paddle sports, fly fishing. And I, you know, I ended up leading some trips all around the country and we had, you know, adventure travel as well. So I got to do, lead a lot of trips there. Oh, wow. Um, and then in kind of the 2016, 2017 timeframe, um, e-com started to blow up. REI started to expand their footprint. Um, and I started to look for new work and, um, I wanted to stay in Austin. I was a, a big part of the cycling scene there. Um, I loved Austin at the time. It was, you know, a really great place for a 20 something year old to, to be growing up. Oh, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really, really cool town. And so, um, I wanted to stay in Austin and there's not a lot of, a ton of retail outfits there. Um, and so I started kind of interviewing, I got an interview with Whole Foods Market, the corporate headquarters down in Austin. Um, I think that was in like October, November, I took an interview and they're like, Hey, you're like, 
we love you, but this isn't the job for you. And so I was like, that was just a polite goodbye. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I kid oh, I you not, you actually didn't later, get, you didn't get the first role there. No, no, no. I I, I applied and I was like, I was kind of needing it. Um, and uh, six months later, they called me back. It's like, hey, we think we have a role for you. And at that point, I'd kind of written it off. Um, but sure enough, I, I went in, interviewed for uh, an associate category manager position or assistant category manager position. Um, and I joined the snacks and candy team like two days. Wow. Later. It was awesome. Um, and uh, so that was in 2017 or 2018. And then I did that for about a year. And then I became a, a category manager um, over the essentials categories. So um, that was pet products, baby products, uh, household cleaning and household paper, which were all super interesting categories to own during COVID. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. I was, during COVID. I was in charge of toilet paper during all of that. <laughs> so You will always um, be able to hold that in your back pocket man, whenever you're explaining to anyone what you sold or bought. I, I learned way more about logistics and shipping and transportation than I ever hoped to have learned. Um, oh, I can't imagine. What, what was that all, like? All good like the, the first month of like, what was that March, <laughs> April? It got crazy. Like yeah, what, so, what was your day to day? Like, cause were you just trying to like grab anything from anyone you possibly could? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it, it was chaos to be honest. Like, and I, and I didn't have the worst of it. I mean, there were category managers that, didn't have options you know at least i i had some solutions out there um but there were there were many weeks of out of stocks and millions of dollars lost and that's a lot of pressure for you know anyone um especially um at, you know when you have the visibility of a retail like whole foods um, oh for sure but yeah we had lots yeah. of late nights lots of scramble last minute like you know we're setting minimum order quantities or maximum order quantities in stores and you're reacting, you know, kind of minute to minute on a bunch of stuff and trying to follow up on shipments. Uh, I mean, it was endless, the handholding that you had to go through. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. And during those kind of scenarios, like sitting in your seat, was there a lot of pressure to make sure you were plugging holes? Because I never thought of it from that angle of, of like an empty, one empty shelf slot for even a day during the pandemic was so much oh. money to, to whole foods, bottom line. Millions of dollars. Yeah. So for you, insane. I mean, was that, was that kind of like, a, was it actually pressure? It was from a, your it was a pressure bosses? cooker, man. Like, yeah. and, and, that, and not, not to say like, not because it was whole foods, not because it was my category, just generally. Sure. Like, Oh yeah. Cat, like toilet paper for some reason became like the big topic. Um, you know, um, but we had, I, I made a lot of great relationships through that um, because of that situation. Um, and I still have great friends because of those, um, those moments of darkness. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. that. I'm sure you could talk for a whole podcast just on that. I mean, so interesting. So COVID got out of that. And then did you, did you stay in that category for a little while or did that give you an opportunity to move? Uh, so I, let's see, I left Whole Foods in like, I'll call it April of 21. So we were definitely on the, on the downswing. Things started to kind of like, I'll call it normalize. They were, um, it was the decoviding period. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's interesting the, the first summer. So summer of 2020, my wife is an architect. 
Um, and she was managing a bunch of projects that um, essentially the clients started to back out from because they're like, what's the future of office spaces and this and that. And so we took a two week um, camping trip and ended up staying mm. on the road for four months. Um, and we traveled wow. the mountain states and the West Coast um, and just lived on the road. We did, you know, we we're camping a bunch. We did couch surfing, but we we're working the whole time. Um, and so we reprioritized everything our entire lives. Um, and through that, we were like, there's a lot of life that we're not living. So like, let's, let's actually like do this and change a lot of our life. And so we moved back in October of, um, 2020 started to put some kind of plans in place. I bought a little travel trailer in January of 21 and then February of 21, the, the Austin deep freeze happened. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) um, Which, which was crazy. Um, and it, it, it was like, I don't know, 72 hours without power. And in most, most cities are like, you barely got snowed on. Like what happened? Why, why did everything break? Oh yeah. It It was like not that much. Right. Yeah. We just, we just didn't have the infrastructure for it. Um, anyway, my, my house flooded from the ceiling. Um, the, the people that owned it prior to us had renovated it and they, to save some money, put the pipes in the ceiling versus breaking up the, the concrete slab. Uh, so it froze, it thawed, the copper pipes busted and our, my entire house flooded from the ceiling. And so that forced us out and we decided to go live on the road. And so we got rid of the remaining things that we owned and we lived on the road for 11 months, um, working the full time. And so when I was in, you know, month two or three of living on the road, um, I had left Whole Foods and joined Thrive and I worked the first seven months of uh, my career at Thrive from the road. Um, so every wow. week on our like kind of all hands meeting is like, all right, Caleb, we're at today. Um, and they're super supportive of it. And, you know, um, definitely allowed the lifestyle to continue. I mean, that's that's cool in itself, right? Like the brand, I feel like there was two types of companies during COVID. There were the ones that really adopted the for what it was the ability for people to live life a little more and have more balance. And then there were some that I felt like at least from the outside looking in, just took advantage of people being in front in their house for more hours a day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Cause you can do one or the other. I mean, it's really cool to hear that you guys, you know, took advantage of the opportunity. It's also cool. Just in general, you talk to everyone through COVID and either you, either you did something different and you're pumped about it today or you didn't, and you're really bummed yeah. you didn't take advantage of the time. Well, and I am like extremely fortunate. I am very aware that we were fortunate to be able to do that. You know, we didn't have responsibilities of, you know, we brought our dog along, but that was the biggest responsibility we had. You know, like um, a lot of folks, my, you know, like my sister, for example, you know, she had to go in the office. You know, um, yeah, there was no option. You know, and so she didn't have the the possibility to do that, and so extremely fortunate we kept our jobs like i'm you know um very very thankful for that and that will um i mean it's it's still shifting my shape shaping my life today so you know we just moved from austin to california and um you know we're we're still kind of we're not quite digital mad still but we're still you know figuring out what's next that's super exciting so you're so you're at whole foods you get to travel 
it seems like this is like a, a perfect scenario. So what, where was the impetus to jump yeah. from Whole Foods to Thrive? So um, they, they were asking that people come back to the office, um, which was something that I think a lot of people were hesitant of, um, you know, we weren't sure like logistically, how does that work? Like, do you have a workstation at home? Do you have them in the office? Like, what do you take back and forth? What days are in the office? So, like, there's a lot of logistics that weren't ironed out. And I was really enjoying my, you know, current lifestyle and flexibility. Um, but that, that I wouldn't say that was like the reason I left. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, it, it was a pressure cooker. Um, I probably, I put it on myself. You know, it wasn't necessarily coming from the organization per se. Um, I just coming from an athletic background, I, um, I give myself value based on the output. And I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people do. Yeah. And so I was giving myself a lot of probably undue pressure. Um, and I, I had burnt out over the course of those, you know, it's called, you know, year and a half, I had burnt out several times. And so I think I needed a change. Um, and I feel like a lot of people did. I mean, if you know anything about, um, well, I mean, the great resignation is a perfect example of that, you know, tons right. of people moved careers, changed companies, um, they reprioritized their lives. And so, um, you know, thrive was a, a really great, um, supportive company that was still mission and value aligned with, you know, the, with the whole foods mission and values, which I share much aligned with and wanted to make sure I stayed in that kind of um organization um and they were super supportive of the um live from the road thing that was happening and lots of yeah. exciting opportunities for you know from me coming from an organization like whole foods that had all this like really great process and i learned an absolute ton of stuff from whole foods um and i saw lots of opportunity to thrive that i could take you know, what I knew and apply it to this new company and really see a lot of growth. Um, it's a, you know, it's a small, you know, feisty team and we're, you're doing, you know, a lot of collaboration, a lot of, you know, last minute high priority stuff that we get accomplished. And it, you know, it just, it's super rewarding. Um, you know, instead of taking 12 to 18 months to see something come to your shelf, you know, I can, I can stand something up in, you know, four to six weeks. So it's pretty exciting. I was going to say the, the beauty of e-commerce, right? The endless shelf. Uh, it, it, it's true. It, yeah. There are some downsides to it, but, um, all over <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a positive. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Very cool. I mean, it, it's cool to think that you went from, um, not that, I mean, obviously like the first buying gig, it seems like it was still definitely in your wheelhouse of active outdoors. Passion like that seems, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like your passion. Right. And then it's, it's really cool that you've been able to go to different buying roles that are all within, you know, I would say like health and wellness in general, right? Like even well, now I've, you're, you're I've still actually in that. done some kind of like self-reflection on that. It's like, why do I like it in this space? And I, I really think it's cause you know, I, my, my goal from the onset of going to college was to really help people, you know, like whether mm-hmm. that was a lifestyle change, getting, you know, fitter, healthier, living longer, whatever it may be, losing a couple pounds, just having more self-confidence. Um, I, you know, I still get to accomplish that here because like, you know, we hear stories all the time of folks that are like, we, we joined Thrive or, you know, we shopped at Whole Foods or whatever it was to really change our lifestyles and Mm. to be able to 
help someone by bringing, you know, like giving them the options to make a good decision um, is super rewarding. Um, and I get to work with awesome brands who are doing good things for, you know, they're sourcing, you know, the communities they're a part of. Um, and so it feels like I have a lot of impact. I think the the piece around working with brands that you resonate with is something that's so powerful. I, I know we didn't get into my background when we chatted before we did the podcast, but it's funny. My first role, I've, I've been in finance for, for most of my roles. Right. The, the first one, I worked for an engine manufacturer and like, sure, I think cars are like cool. Like engines? Like, uh, it, it was coming. So it's like big diesel engines. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, crazy from a like experience, um, really, really high level visibility into how that organization works. And it's an enormous company. So it was a really cool sure. role that I got to do right out of college. Um, but again, like I'm not, I worked with plenty of guys there who were like diehard diesel engine guys. Gearheads, the yeah. Coolest role. Yeah. yeah. And for yeah. someone like that, it's really, really cool, right? Especially if you're like an engineer. Oh, yeah. Engineers have really cool roles there. Um, but it was funny because then I jumped to walmart.com and got to really, really see what e-commerce was about. <laughs> Quite a shift, yeah. See what e-commerce was about, but still, like at Walmart, I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Like, what we're selling, like a, we're selling millions of Widgets. items. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, you yeah. can't resonate with anything. Um, it was the first time I felt that feeling was going to RX, like RX bar. It was the first time, like also being health minded in the wellness space in general and trying to be a healthier person. Um, it resonated with so many things, and it was such an easy product to not only believe in myself, but then like going from to friends and family and colleagues and being like pumped about sharing the product totally. that I'm working on. Something um, you're proud about. Yeah, exactly. I, and I tell people that all the time. I'm like that. Was, I had a mentor at, uh, at Cummins that told me that they're like someday just, you know, he had been there for, for decades and he was like, mm -hmm. you know, I've had a great career, but I'll tell you the one regret I have is that I never worked for a company that I like loved the product. And I was, I took, crazy, and as a fresh yeah. kid out of college, I was like, oh shit, I don't want to say that, you know, 50 years from now or whatever, 40 totally. years from now, whatever. Um, so it's interesting. It's cool to hear you say that. Cause I do think there's a big difference between, you know, having a good job and like truly loving the products that you work with. And it's hard to explain until you've done it. Cause you, when you talk, I've had friends and family tell me, they're like, I could, you could tell it when I was at our X bar, especially in the early days of being there. Um, I was just so passionate about it. like it would just come up organically right. all the time and they you could like feel the passion in people. Totally. Um, so it sounds like you're doing that today. I mean, I know that's what I'm doing well, too cool with what I like, do. It's fine. I, I, I managed cleaning supplies at Whole Foods, you know, it was yeah. one of the categories and like, sure, it's hard to get passionate about cleaning supplies. However, there's a ton of stuff you can get excited about, like, you know, you know, using, you know, ingredient technology changes and shifting, but like, some of the most exciting stuff I did was in that category is with packaging. Cause oh, like, so my, my wife's a sustainability advisor for her, her architecture firm. And, um, the, the conversations we have at night are, you know, some people would just roll their eyes at, but, um, <laughs> you know, she, she manages the materials library at their firm and all this and that. And so like, I got to do a bunch of cool, exciting, exclusive launches, you know, while at Whole Foods and like work with brands that were like really eager to improve, the packaging space and so like you know you get excited about stuff like that it's just really cool right because it allows you to go beyond just the day-to-day -day of the job and allows totally. you to actually feel like you're doing something different um in making a difference right um yeah. really really cool so at thrive market um and i'm sure this is there was similarities at whole foods and even before that at at backwoods but are you looking 
like I guess maybe for everyone who's listening who doesn't really understand how a buyer's day to day looks. You know what I mean? I, I think that'd be really yeah. interesting, even at a high level, for people to to learn. So, are you? I mean, I'm, I'm leading a horse to water here, but are you are you looking at categories and seeing items that are doing really well on other sites or other retail locations? You're like, hmm, this could do well on Thrive, or is it Thrive has initial or internal goals as far as like where categories are going, and then you try to find brands that plug into it? Like, what are some of the the high level things you in your role are really looking for um, in your day to day? Yeah, all the above. Um, okay, fair <laughs> so, Yeah, so we, we have, so essentially at the start of a year or, you know, whatever cadence you want to think about, um, we put together like a category strategy. And so, you know, we take insights, internal, external um, from syndicated data. We really say like, here's where we think the category is going. You know, here's where the growth is. Here's where like the categories that might decline. And then we start to layer in like um, what we already know about the brands working in those spaces. Um, you know, social media is a big part of what we do. Um, oh, to find nice. new brands. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of trends uh, reporting out there um, that we have access to. All my conversations with brands help me to kind of like triangulate on where I think the market's going. Um, because if like if you have you know, a similar conversation with 10 different brands in the same space and you ask them what their pipeline looks like, you get a pretty good sense of, you know, where things are going to go by what might come to market and what research they've done. And you start to get, you know, the, the funnel starts here and you start to narrow it down. Right. Very um, cool. Yeah. And so, you know, we have these category strategies. Um, we're always working towards, you know, growing the business, bringing products to market that, um, folks may not know that they want or need yet. Um, cause we are, we're always trying to be on like the left side of that trend curve. You know, um, we, you have to have the core key items that keep the lights on, you know, that pay rent that, you know, sure. they're, you know, paying the bills. Um, but then you, you know, to get new members, to keep people excited and engaged, you're always thinking about what's new, exciting, um, you know, exclusive, super innovative, you know, what are, the flavor profiles and, um, you know, the TikTok trends and things that are influencing sure. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I find brands by walking other stores. I do a lot of comp shopping. Um, I find them social media. Um, you know, I find cold outreach emails that you're, you'd be surprised at how successful those can be as much as I hate them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cause like yeah, yeah. my, I mean, I, I'll take, I'll take, 10 to 15 brand meetings a week, you know? Oh, I'm wow. That's a lot. Are you talking, constantly you're talking that many calls? Okay. Well, cause like initially when we, when I first started at Thrive, we had an open review calendar. And so, um, anytime I got onboard any product and I still can, but we're trying to formalize it a bit and standardize the process. So we recently implemented a, a, ca a category calendar review. And so there's like mm. a framework. But if there's something I'm stoked on that I see a lot, a lot of opportunity with, you know, there's a white space or there's a really unique opportunity, like I can onboard it at any time. So I'm not, you know, I'm not hamstrung by the time, the calendar, but um, it helps me stay more focused and do more complete work by having and following the category calendar review because I can look at it holistically versus just like, oh, I'm going to add this and add that, like, then I can have a, a complete picture to the strategy and say, 
this tells a complete story um and you know you're not removing items that you know you might need to keep that makes a ton of sense and and for you guys as a growing platform is there a little bit of a a yin and a yang between like i could only imagine in your seat you'd always want to have you know, new innovative items and products that you know are going to move, obviously, because you're purchasing these and then trying to sell them at a profit. Um, but then also, is there is there probably a, a sweet spot where you're not, you don't have too many products for the amount of people that you have visiting? Remember, yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm thinking through that properly, but I can imagine you can like no, also totally have right. too many items and not enough users at the time. Yeah. So, you know, because um, of who we've set out to be, right? We're, we're bringing these products to folks that don't have access at a cheaper price. You know, everyone has a budget, right? And so we have right. 1.2 million paid members. We give wow. a free membership to families in need or, you know, um, first responders, military, um, you know, families that could can really use the membership that don't, they can't afford the $60 a year membership fee. We give away Very a free cool. membership for each paid. About 600,000 of that 1.2 million paid memberships are active. So we have roughly 2 million active members, um, approximately. So we have, we have a, I'll call it a finite number of people to sell to, and they all have sure. budgets. And so you don't have this endless number of products that you can have. You know, you, there's a, not a ceiling, but there's a, there's, you know, a threshold for, what you can sell every week. Right. Yeah. Um, so we have about 6,000 items on site. Um, when I first joined, they had done a massive ski rat, ski rationalizations coming out of COVID. Um, they had about 10 to 12,000 items on site. Um, through COVID, there's all sorts of supply chain issues. Um, you know, we couldn't get products. So you had a bunch of member facing out of stocks. Um, but then we also had inefficiencies in our own, fulfillment centers. And so they really took it down to about four to 5,000 items on site to create efficiencies, you know, keep oh, the wow. core items that we know people need, um, that we can keep in stock, um, and they simplify the shopping experience. Um, and so we've kind of, um, expanded to, let's say five or 6,000 items on site. Um, and so we try to keep it in about that space. So it's not always a one in one out, um, but a lot of times that's what I'm, I'd like to do is if I'm going to bring in four new items from one brand, I'll probably remove a similar number of items, not necessarily in the same category or, um, space, but from the catalog to kind of keep that, you know, sweet spot of five to 6,000 items. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And for the, for the items that you're going to remove, is that as simple as I know at our X bar, we always had this. Or at least the the, our, the lady who used to run our Costco business always told us this analogy. She said at HQ, they'll go and just draw a red line. They basically have the, the items in the category ranked one through whatever. And then if you yeah. fall below the minimum threshold, you basically get a red line across the board. If you fall below that for too many weeks, you get the star of death. Is that is that a similar thing that can happen at Thrive? Like, uh, you just, if you're a slow mover, you just eventually you're on the chopping block. And is that usually how you how you get cut? If you can't answer that, by all means, don't. You no, don't no, 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 no. Just... Oh, it's not. That's not a touchy subject. That's just. Um, I wish it were that easy. <laughs> oh, okay, fair um, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 
there's a lot of nuance that goes into it. But I, yeah, I mean, the 80-20 the rule definitely applies. Um, but you have to think about like, what what items do you have to keep on site so that the member like wants to come back? You know, because like they they may do the bulk of their shop for certain items, but the reason they keep their membership is because you have this like kind of fringe category of stuff. Sure. If you remove that fringe because they're not, you know, the units per week or the dollars per week aren't, you know, crazy astronomical, you might lose customers because of that. And then you have to, you know, add 10 customers to make up for that one loss, you know, things like that. So, oh, yeah. Um, I wish it were that simple, but. Um, right. Yeah. Are there certain categories that you think today are, are like the big ones that the Thrive consumer is gravitating towards? Just as far as like the Snacks reason they want to be massive. Impressed? Okay. Snacks, snacks is huge. And I, I really think it's, um, you know, we're expanding the categories we're playing in, but better for you snacks. That's the first, that's kind of like, I call it the gateway drug. It's like kind of a bridge. Oh yeah. You know, for, yep. for folks that are like, they're playing around with the idea of eating in a new way, you know, snacks, you know, there's a lot of like better for you ingredients that are being used. And there's some fun, exciting brands that like people kind of want to affiliate with. And so that's a great gateway into natural organic um and so there are brands that do that really well and there's a lot of them in you know the snack space and so a lot of our volume is in that those categories got it and then and you just hit on natural and organic so are those two for everyone listening again who is not a, a thrive member today are those two check marks that have to be on every single item that are sold on site so minimum you have we have to be non-gmo um, okay you know when when possible, organic is preferred. Even better yet, regenerative ag, ag you know, regen ag. Oh, um, nice, yeah. So we're always trying to up level the products that we're selling, you know. But there's there's a fine line to walk because you know, with regen ag or with all these attributes and premiumizations come extra cost, and you know, which makes it more expensive. So there's you're trying to find a balance of you know offering these better products. Um, you know, we are committed to certain things like region ag, upcycled foods, you know, things like that, um, while striking a balance with what's affordable, you know, so you can still, so people that we drew to our site can continue to shop there. Definitely. Are there, this is gonna be a funny question, but I'm just, I'm genuinely curious. Are there any, any products or brands specifically that you're like really excited about, or you think that there's like a huge opportunity that, that in 2023 could be where you guys have a lot of growth? Mm -hmm. I have some favorite brands, but those are personal. Um, okay, fair enough, fair enough. No, I mean, I, I mean, um, I so I'm, I'm in charge of the nut butters category, which is oh yes, nice. not not all that sexy of a category, but there are some some really fun, tasty products um, in that category. Um, that that one is one that actually I know a few people, and I that I feel like it's a category where there's a lot of. Um, that's the right word. There's a lot of really small but interesting brands that just haven't popped yet or don't totally. have the visibility and aren't big enough maybe on an Amazon or in retail doors. I'm with mm -hmm. you. That's, that's a good category. I like that. And that, that one's one. been around for a long time and it's always innovating. It is. Well, it's cool. I mean, you have, you know, you have your, your core, you know, peanut butters and almond butters and things like that. But, you know, um, new flavors and new varieties, you know, like, you know, um, alternative nut butters are really growing and becoming popular. And so there's a lot of fun, really tasty 
awesome products out there. Um, so that's, that's one of my favorite kind of categories, condiments. Um, yeah, I really think that there's um, a burgeoning space is like global flavors and not just like Asian or Hispanic, but like, you know, um, Filipino, Taiwanese, mm-hmm. you know, like very specific flavors. Um, and I think that's going to really um, not only grow within the known spaces, think about like, you know, your meals and side dishes and condiments, but like into other categories, you know, like baby food and you know, lots of different places that you may not have automatically assumed they would be. Um, I mean, it's even in the drink space, you know, like agua frescas and things like that are, are really blowing up. And, you know, I think it's really because of the, the flavors and, you know, people can identify with um, the different, you know, global influences that are um, now found in those products. The beverage space is a very interesting one to me. It's it's interesting too for e-com because for you guys, is that, is it a little bit of a barrier to bring on brands Dude. with the cost to ship it to the consumer? Yeah. I, yeah. And, and coming from the cleaning space too, like, you know, 75, if not more percent of a product is just water. Why are we shipping yeah. water around the country? Especially right. for us, it's like only e-com. That's the only way we can get the products to folks is like, it just seems silly to me. Um, so concentrates are definitely, but so back to your question, um, beverages, beverages is a really big part of our business. Um, it's difficult because you start thinking about like, um, you know, the spoilage of things like if it's in glass, the breakage, you know, the, the extra packaging that goes into that, all of that counts against your contribution margin. And so you have to think about it in a, a different way. You know, am I going to sell it as individuals or case packs? I'm going to sell it ambient versus refrigerated. So there's, a lot that goes into it. Um, I'm glad I don't have that category. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? Because I, I would think the the economics are just so much smaller. Like they're just tighter. Well, no pun intended. It's a saturated market. I mean, there are <laughs> nice. a nice. lot of people. You know, um, yeah, in a every lot of category, right? And it, like every drink yeah. subcategory, there's a lot of players. And a lot of them are just like, I want to have them all, but it's just like mm-hmm. you know, I don't have, and especially for like a brick and mortar store, you don't have endless cooler space, you know? And so it's a tough, it's a tough category to be in. Would, would, do you think thrive would take, like, I'm always interested in brands and I, I've, I know a couple that are trying to do something similar where they have, they have a bottled or canned beverage that's going to be in most retailers that we all know, but they're thinking about doing a powdered form of it for e-com. It's kind of an interesting thought, right? Because like there's, it, you can't name too many brands that have done that right no um but that's what i'd be interested to know what percentage of business like gatorades you know core bottled stuff is compared to their powdered you know like and and, i'm sure you could i'm sure is that i'm sure that's oh it'd be easy to find right yeah Yeah. i'd I'd be curious now that you're saying that too yeah but you you also think like where is it selling best like is the powder going to universities and sports teams and like people just aren't using it at home like what's the usage case for it um, I, I don't know by I've, I've tested a number of powdered products in other categories. Um, mm. they haven't been as successful as I would have hoped. Um, I, I honestly think it's because of like, anytime you add an extra step to a process that someone is familiar with, like cleaning supplies, you know, adding water to something to concentrate or, you know, 
if if to if it's a food project to cook it in a way that like isn't common practice like a new or you know taking plastic to a store drop off anytime there's a new obstacle or barrier the adoption rate date i think it's like 75 or 80 percent is you know the adoption rate goes down by that much oh wow and really? so okay yeah and so I, I i don't know if the same applies to like these powdered products but they're definitely nowhere near as successful as you would have hoped that makes i mean you in theory you would think that doesn't make sense but now as i'm saying that and i'm thinking about it i'm like yeah i mean it is just an extra like sometimes it is nice to just be i mean i just was drinking a pellegrino for example if they yeah. had powders i don't know if i would i don't know it's just easy to grab there's it out a convenience of the factor and, and there's also like this you know on the go has been yeah, such a, a problem category because through through covid everybody was staying at home you know the pandemic that you know, everyone's locked down so like you know, single serve cooler cases were repurposed, you know, in right. stores. And so, right. you know, and, and then you think about like individually packeted nut butters, you know, the consumption for that went down because people are like, they're not squeezing a packet onto their sandwich at home. You know, they're just eating sure. a jar or what, what have you. And so like, but as people go back to the office and back to school and things like that, that's shifting. And so maybe, you know, the, the powdered drinks or bone broths or whatever will, um, see uh, an uptick as you know i would say we're back to you know a new normal now um and it's still not resonating with how i want it to to resonate but um barriers sure no that yeah definitely that make that makes sense to me um oh, it's so interesting there's so i know the other one i wanted to ask you was like refrigerated and frozen is that and is that a space that thrive's going to try to get into and yeah so it just seems like a space are... that is primed like someone needs to come in well, and like what you guys do um I feel yeah. like you guys could be big winners in that space it, and i think so yes we're doing frozen we launched frozen in like april of 21 um and it's 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 grown a ton it's scaled a lot we actually we actually hit capacity we hit our one year capacity at like three months and so Oh wow! Um, so it's which is it's a good problem to have, but sure. it's a problem, right? Yeah. Um, and we learned a ton to the process, um, and so we are we're doing some pilots on like kind of perishable products, um, and so that will come one day. And I think what be what is great about that and is super exciting is now members will be able to complete a full shopping trip. So mm-hmm. not only their shelf stable ambient products or not, not just shelf stable, but like frozen and fresh eventually. And so that you can truly do a full grocery shop with Thrive. Whereas right now it's supplemental to, you know, your, your additional like produce, your dairy, your eggs, your butter, things like that. Whereas we'll have, uh, you know, possibility to be a one-stop shop for folks. Wow. Are are you guys gonna ship it? Would it all come in one box potentially, or like a frozen box and then? Uh... Yeah. So so right now, our we have three fulfillment centers, um, and our frozen fulfillment's being done out of a uh, a fourth, and so it does come out of different facilities. But eventually, the the goal would be have you know all those capabilities under one you know or three roofs, but under one roof, right? Um, so that we can fulfill with you know. Because right now we have like uh, a shipping threshold for our shelf stable and for our frozen separately. And so the ultimate goal 
is to have all of those products of one box, one shipping threshold. You know, um, it's not coming in multiple packages. Um, it's coming from the location that's closest to you so that it's, you know, within a day or two um, to our members' front doors. Love it. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, I feel like you yeah, guys could it's be... It's super exciting, yeah. I feel like you guys could be big players in that because, I mean, I'm on calls all the time where the three PLs that are out there, I just don't feel like there's any that are crushing it. They don't connect well with the brands. Um, and then even well, the, the, yeah, you know, the Amazons of the world, they're not, I don't think they've fully figured... They're not even close to well, fully figuring it out. One of the hardest out. things is, you know, we have... Um, a, a feel, a member experience that we are curating. And so when you when you hand it off to someone else, it's really difficult to manage and you want mm-hmm. that experience to be consistent across the entire business. And so um, when you farm that off to someone else, you know, they don't have the same ownership that, you know, in pride that you do. And so yeah, that's, right, that's right. a challenge. Yeah, no, I mean, of course. Well, that's exciting. I mean, if I had a yeah. anything we've talked about today, that one to me gets me excited. Um, really interesting, Caleb. Um, so where now that you you've obviously been at Thrive for a little bit, um, sounds like you've you've really you've been there now long enough to get a really good feel of of what Thrive is, where you guys are going. What does what's like the big you know call it one to three things that Thrive's trying to trying to do next year in twenty twenty three. Um, that I think listeners would find interesting as a, as obviously a, a, yeah. a growing and and becoming a bigger and bigger player in the ecom space. Our, our our mission and values are always the first thing we consider about initiatives we take on. You know, alignment with brands that we're you know engaging with, um, and so I'm excited about. It. So uh, I'm kind of. I guess leading the initiative from the branded standpoint of like plastic neutral. So, you know, um, in e-com, there's a lot of, I mean, in, in grocery, there's a lot of plastic, unavoidable plastic, unfortunately. Um, and so for, you know, we're changing our, our packaging materials that we're sending out to members to be, um, either eliminate plastic completely or reduce it in a significant way. And anything that we can't remove, um, just because of the nature of what it is, you know, you can't, you can't send flour. Um, well, flour is probably a bad example, but there are certain products that you kind of have to have plastic from a, a food safety, um, a shelf life standpoint, uh, convenience. Some of those plastics are unavoidable. So what we're doing is we're offsetting all of the unavoidable plastics in our private label brands and our packaging materials. Um, so we will be, our goal is to be the, the first, plastic neutral grocer oh wow Um, and i'm i'm excited to like be a part of the the branded side of that so we're staying up a working group for all of our brands that are interested that are either they're already zero waste they're plastic neutral they just want to learn um about how to become um really either become plastic neutral or reduce the plastic in their packaging find alternative materials i'm creating a, a working group um, for that, it'll be, um, in partnership with our credit provider for like plastic okay. rally. Um, and it'll be like, uh, an amazing resource for finding alternative materials. What are the questions to ask your co-man? Um, how do I reduce, you know, how do I downweight? How do I think about just like the all in, um, to remove plastic from my products? Um, we're, we're digging deep into region ag. We're launching a bunch of really fun, awesome, like rock certified products right now. 
Um, so that's regenerative organic certified products. Um, we are going to be carbon neutral in 2023. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So we're doing a lot of really great stuff that are mission and value focused that we probably could do a better job talking about. Um, but we would rather just do it than get the credit. So we're just doing all those things. Like all of our facilities are zero waste, um, which is not an easy feat. <laughs> oh, I can't um, imagine. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, crazy we're, alone. We're B Corp certified. So there's a lot of great stuff that we're doing um, that kind of fly under the radar. Um, and we're always constantly working to evolve and grow a bunch of the impact. Um, it's, it's super cool to be a part of a, an org that cares first about that um, and is really kind of walking the walk. Yeah. It's, I mean, you guys seem like, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing Amazon here, but I would tell you that a lot of people look at something like Amazon as a, you know, it's a huge opportunity from a sales perspective potentially, but there's lots of things that Amazon as an organization, you know, maybe people shake their heads a little bit at sometimes mm -hmm. thrive. On the other hand, it seems like not only a great business opportunity, but you guys are also just doing some really great things um, outside of, of just the, you know, sales potential. Like there's a lot of just giving back and, and, and being a part of something a little bit bigger than just your brand, which I think is really cool. And I honestly didn't know as much about before talking to you today. Yeah. Well, it's cool. Like, you know, we're not a super expensive retailer to, to partner with, you know, like one of the, the coolest things that I have is like, you know, we don't have these astronomical ad fees, you know, there's no slotting fee. There's, you know, there's no free fill kind of requests. It's all just like whatever your trade spend is to invest. We're trying to give, you know, you know, let's say you're doing a 15% TPR temporary price reduction. Like that is 100% going to our members. And so we're really trying to, you know, take a lot of the friction out of that supplier retailer relationship. Um, I mean, it's really cool to, you know, see a brand succeed because they don't have a, you know, a crazy off shelf fee and things like that. Right. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. I've talked on here a couple times, this, the slotting fees and what that means for brands, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it can ruin can, a brand if you don't think about it the right way. Yeah. I mean, you could pay all this money just to get on the shelf, but that's not where the, do the dollars come in when it moves off the shelf and they order more. Um, well, that's where the, that's where the work starts. You, you know, yeah. once you get on shelf, that's where it starts. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's really cool. And then like, I'm sure that ha that helps a lot of younger brands get a chance um, and get up and running. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons we get to have, you know, savings to member like how we do is because, mm -hmm. you know, in the cost of goods, the brand doesn't have to think about all these crazy ad fees and, you know, free fill and slotting fees and all this and that. Like, it just is what it is, you know, the cost of goods. Um, and they can take, you know, their trade spend and invest it in marketing and promotions and really driving brand awareness and moving units. Love that. Very, very cool. Um, I, I think there's probably a lot of brands that'll listen to this that are going to get, if they don't know a bunch about Thrive or Thrive has not been on their radar, I'm sure for a lot of brands, it's it's either on their radar or, they, or they're already working with you guys. Um, I would get excited after this conversation. I mean, it just sounds like an awesome opportunity. Um, I'm not even going to add, we, we chatted before, <laughs> before we started talking. I was like, I, I don't want, you're the first guest I've ever had where I don't want you to plug your, uh, your email or how to get a hold of me directly on, on the episode. Usually that's a big one I that I want people that. to plug. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I'm not going to the spot. I'm, I'm a, uh, I don't live and die by my inbox, but, um, 
I like to keep it managed. And so, so I don't, I, I don't I, need a crazy influx, but um, totally you, I mean, you can find us, you can, if you go to, you know, thrivemarket.com um, at the bottom of the page, you can find out how to get your items on our site. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, as we're getting to the end of time, Caleb, there's always a couple questions I love to ask everyone that comes on here and I'm, okay. I'm pretty, I'm confident you're going to have some, you're going to have some good answers here. Um, the first one is source of knowledge. So for everyone listening today, have you listened to any podcasts, read any books, articles, anything mm. online? What what would be what, something that just pops out right away that you've read recently that you found interesting that you think people would enjoy? Oh man, I have um, several books by Ryan Holiday on my bedside. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got two right here. Um, essentially, it's about stoicism. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Stillness is the key is one of my favorite books of all time. Still, I, I, I've read obstacles away four times. Um, I read it once a year. Typically I've read this twice in the past, probably eight months. Um, I, I love to s- study, read and, um, ponder philosophy. Um, Oh yeah. I, I think, love it. I think stoicism is a really great way to approach life. Um, you know, especially going through what we all have the past couple of years, like it, there's a lot of lessons to learn from um, that way of thinking. Um, I, I really like to, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of some regular podcasts I listen to. Um, Rich Roll, Roll On. Mm. I've been a, a adamant listener for many, many, many years. Um, I listen to a lot of like stuff in markets and global politics. Um, I'm just an inquisitive person. I, like, I'll, I'd rather ask questions than tell stories. Um, oh, okay. So I just, I, you know, what you'd I think be that's good why at like po- my job. You'd be good at podcasting. <laughs> no joke. I'd probably say that too much on here, but you, you would, you would, <laughs> you really would. I mean, you just seem like you're an interested person. In lots of things. Well, it's, like it's, you'd be really good it's at interesting. It. Like I, um, it's all. It's what I do for a living. Is I ask questions. You know, and I, I, I have to find out why a brand exists why I want to sell their, so I'm trying to like learn who is this core person business product. And so I love to ask questions. Um, and so kind of that, that goes into my own personal, you know, life. Like as a cyclist, I had, you know, 30 hours a week on a bike to fill. And a lot of it I spent, you know, having conversations with guys that were a little bit older than me that were awesome mentors or listening to podcasts when I was by myself, or I just love to learn. Um, so I'm, always trying to learn something new and different and that'll, um, improve me. So very cool. Well, as we stay in touch, I'm going to be constantly asking you what's the newest book you've been reading. Cause it sounds like you got cool. a good list of them. I've got a list of them. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, the second one, which I think is gonna be really interesting to ask you just given like what your day to day must look like. Um, so what, what tools or tool do you use to plan out goals in life, all the way down to what you're doing today. So I always say like, at the end of the day, like what do you use just to get shit done? Was it pen and paper? Are you an app guy? Journaling, man. Bullet journaling. Pen and paper. I mean, it is, um, at, so I started, um, there we go. There you go, man. Yeah, yep. love it, love it. I, I do uh, bullet journaling too. I. It's funny, I wanna hear your take on this because I've, and I, I've shown people this on the podcast before, I also have done this full focus planner. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back and forth all the time. Like what, some days I'll feel like this is 
the bullet journals, everything I could ever need. And then some days I'm like, I just don't feel organized enough. And then I sweat. I, I'm bad at sticking to one thing, but I have both. Interesting. But, sorry. I, I just so said that because I, I was excited. No one said bullet journaling on here before. That's the oh, first dude, time I, I answer that. So I first came across it when we were on the road. Um, I had, we were going through uh, Northern Georgia and I was working with a brand who um, supplied some like charcoal for us at, at Whole Foods. And um, him and I were having a conversation and I remember he was from the South because um, he has a thick accent. And um, okay, so I was like, hey, I'm going through North Georgia right now. What's going on? We need to catch up about this program that is going live. And he, and it turned out he was like 10 miles down the road. And so my wife and I went hung out with him and um, went to his family pro- property and went fly fishing, had an excellent time. Whoa, nice. Um, and while we were there, he, he pulled out his this journal he was like taking notes like what are you doing like he told me about it and so like he um sorry my dog just entered the room no um, you're he's, he's always welcome he, he yeah super excited to show me and so like and it actually turned out to be really awesome because it allowed me to like you know journal and document our travels um mm. and then also like i use it as a supplement on like you know work to finish um to get things accomplished and really to kind of like track and prioritize things um and then it's evolved. I've evolved several times in my practice with it. Um, but besides bullet journaling, I schedule everything on my calendar, you know, whether it's like deep work or it's like, I need to do this cost review today, or I have like, um, you know, today's you know podcast, I, I book and calendar everything. And one of the best things I have I found is Calendly. And so mm-hmm. I can set up my availability. I can send out a link, um, different, you know, I can do different times and I can send, you know, a unique link to anybody and they can find free time on my calendar that I've pre-blocked out for meetings. Um, and instead of having like four back to back, you know, are you available on these days? Nope, not anymore. Like they can just book it instantly. And that saves me several hours a week. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, what's your take on this part? It, it might be a little bit of uh, the difference between maybe our lines of work. I know Calendly has been something I've messed around with for years. I've been very hesitant in full transparency to adopt it in what I do, and mainly because I'm like I'm client focused. Uh, you know, my you know, I gave you a little bit of background on what I do, yeah. and so I, I've always been hesitant to be like, oh, you know, here, here's my so Calendly. That, no, it's, that's an interesting take on because if if a salesperson reached out to me and was like, Hey, book time, my calendar, I'd be like, mm, probably not. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, especially for you, right? Like I, I can only yeah. imagine how that would come off if you were talking to a brand and they sent you a calendar. Totally. Like, yeah. Okay. So you kind of use it depending so on from my seat. It, it works. Um, because I feel like, you know, most brands are trying to get time with me versus sure. the other way around. Not yes. to say like, I'm more important, but it's just like, um, uh, just that relationship seems to go more that way. Okay. Got it. That makes, that makes sense. No, it's an interesting one. It's come up on the podcast a lot recently. I think more and more people are starting to use Calendly. Um, so it's been very, very interesting. Um, not to go down too deep of a rabbit hole, but for you, cause I just find this really interesting And in this podcast, obviously is a lot about going zero to one. So the one thing I know I struggled with, with bullet journaling is, and maybe this is just the reality of, I have a lot on my plate these days, but I started to see that it was just like, it was, 
almost like too it was just like too many things and then i couldn't reorganize on paper like prior i guess or more maybe it's prioritize um yeah. i could see everything it was just hard to be like this is the you know five things today you should get done does that is that a struggle anything you struggle with using the bullet journal or is it just that you know i maybe, think when maybe I it's the way my mind it works. was because i was i was writing down like every single thought i had <laughs> you know and it it became just like this like uh, flow of consciousness okay and that was just the, it was too detailed um so what i started doing was you know like yeah if there was an important thing i need to take note of in the moment i will I, that's why it's on my desk um but typically i do like a recap at the end of the day and i just like I'm, i sit down and i like reflect on the day and like here's like the things i want to journal about and then here's like the things i want to like task list or you know what have you um so i wouldn't say i'm like a strict i i mean if you watch the bullet journal stuff on youtube like they say you know augment it for whatever works for you um and it took me probably four months to sort out like what i really liked and it's evolved as different phases of my life have changed like living on the road is one thing and then coming back to like a you know a structure built environment you know that kind of shifted and then like as as i go through different seasons of you know the year it shifts and changes um you know sometimes in the year i'm far more focused than others and sometimes i'm just like hard to wrangle my own mind um so it just always kind of depends no i i love that answer and it's interesting the bullet journal for me it's it's cool to like go back and look through like that's one of my favorite parts is like it, you realize that just you see how your brain's working on paper and then to go Absolutely. back even a year ago and read through like what you thought was important. I think that's for me, what's been a big impact of it is mm-hmm. whether it's the bullet journal or even this other journal I use to kind of knock stuff out every day. Um, it's really cool to go back. Like I use this full focus journal. And the reason I mentioned it was the very first page in it is where you put all your annual goals. So it's like a constant reminder every day when cool. I open it of, this is what I want to do this year. So inevitably you'd hope that when you roll to the day of the week that it is like, there should be some things that build to some of those goals. Right. And I, I start, that, that for me was like the bullet journal I love, but sometimes I realized I was just like getting things done for the sake of getting it done. And I'm sure there's better. Totally. There's that's just me. It's like the way I am probably could get better at it. And uh, this other one was interesting because, you know, I have all of my shelf over here because I've been using the, um, I've been using the full focus planner for I think almost two years. Yeah, there's eight of them. So it's wow. really funny to even go back two years ago when I started our business and you see like what was the goal and like what was I doing day to day? Like right. what was like my priorities? Um, some of them are really, really good. And some of them are like, huh, that's really what you thought was like the most important thing. But anyway, I just yeah. think in general, journaling is such a cool practice that I, I'm with you 100%. I, in the last couple of years, I've really gotten into it. Um, yeah, it's I, crazy I, to think like how young we are too. Like if we journal for the rest of our lives, you're going to look back when we're old and be like, you know, I'm 31 and looking at, at what I was thinking and writing. It's really totally. cool. It's a cool thing to always yeah. have. I think you could like, depending on how you structure your, your bullet journal, you know, prioritize. Cause like, you know, the, the official structures you have, your like your month goals, you know, you kind of have that quadrant for the year and you list out your goals and then you start bringing about down by month and then by week. Um, right. So I right. feel like you, you could maybe, um, I'm but sure it, you're right. You're right. You have to stay on top of it. It's different. That's. I think that, and honestly, it's. A, I'm. I'm making a ton of great excuses here on the podcast because you're right. I mean, I it totally could. I just. That's just me yeah. 
needing to stick to it more. Um, well, but yeah. you just, you know, find the tool that works for you and you don't yeah. have to force it. Just like, yeah, know, the path of least resistance, you know. Right, for right. Sure. I've gotten I've gotten very obsessed with uh, uh, consistently good is better than occasionally great. That's a saying that I write down all the time. Um, I like that. Because it's just, I the things that I realize that I do almost every day are the things I've gotten better at versus the things that, you know, big pie in the sky and you look at it once a week totally. or once a month. It's it's one of the little daily things that I think the bullet journal helps a lot with that too. Yeah. Well, I I always try to start my day out with a win. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of us are, you know, we're always having hard conversations or there's it's there's a lot of defeat, you know, in our day. Um, and mm-hmm. so to start your day with a win, say you accomplish something, whether it's like going for a run or a hike or just watching the sunrise, like something that's positive, I think just sets up your day for some success and then it keeps you you know motivated and encouraged to continue on and so um consistency in that regard is something that i value a lot yeah no i love that that's a really really good one i'm the same way i like my i try i'm really bad at it but i try really hard to when i get up like the first really like first 30 minutes to an hour like not look at my phone i mean like totally. it's, i try to do a bunch of other things like meditate and journal I will sometimes open my laptop just to like organize because I also have, as you can tell, I'm very all over the place with my to-do list. I also have like, I have it digitally, but then I like writing it down. So I'm weird like totally. that. Like I think digitally for me, I know I can always like, it's always saved in a place. And then daily I like to like write it, get it done type of mentality. Um, yeah. But I try really hard not to get like an email. Um, and then I'm always like, I have like 30 minutes to an hour of that. Then I like to go exercise and then start my day. And I feel like the days have are you like, re- no, have you ever listened was... to Andrew Huberman? I've started to get really into his stuff. Like yeah. the going outside I, yeah. right away in the sun. Um, totally. I'm working on getting, I, I'm going to get like a cold plunge and I have a sauna. So I'm going to try to, awesome. I think I'm even going to go you. that whole route, like get the cold plunge out of the way, sauna even yeah. maybe, and then go exercise um, yeah. or the other way around. Um, well, look, this great. guy, he's, he wakes me up every single morning at 545 and we dogs the best alarm just, clocks. it is man and like and he looks at me like well, what are we doing today and so yeah you know that's it's that's so funny my dog does sure. the exact same thing and i people laugh like yeah. aren't you get don't you get tired of him waking up so early i'm like no because he's like ready to go it's like it's kind of it's like a it's like a reset button he's like he didn't you know even if you like were out late or had some drinks or anything your dog did and he's like i'm ready to go it's another day yeah it's a good reminder yeah. like you know what i mean well, and like, you know, he, he nudges me. I'm like, oh, really? And then like, you know, I go for the hike and I, you know, like come down from the, the hillside, the mountain or whatever. And like, I'm like, that was exactly what I needed, you know? And so, and it's, you know, it's a good reminder every day. A hundred percent. Oh, I love that. Um, very cool. Well, love that. That, that was like the, about the longest tangent I've ever had on here with what, what you, what do you use for a to-do list? But I, I love it. I think it's really cool that you, you're the first person that I've had, you know, I think I've had over 200 people on here now. You're the first person to say bullet journaling. So wow, love it. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, the last one I'll leave, whether you want to plug thrive market or anything for you, um, always love to leave it open, whether, you know, if people want to find you on social media or LinkedIn, or if you want to plug it. And if you don't want to plug anything, that is totally fine as well. Uh, man, I, I would say like, it's interesting. Or just go check out thrive market. You know, that's, that, that's a good one too. And, you know, we can, yeah, people can, I, I, can, I, would I say, can add a link you know, to that as well. 
yeah, check out Thrive Market. Um, it's we're a really fun retailer who cares, um, and we're you know no one's perfect. We're always working towards improving, you know what we are doing, but we are doing some really cool stuff. Um, and come check out the brands that we're you know bringing to site. There's a lot of awesome, really fun, you know, small brands that are doing awesome stuff that just need exposure. Um, you know, and we're one of those platforms for them. So badass. Love it. All right, Caleb. Well, thank you so much, man. That was really fun. Um, yeah. we'll have to do it again. It'd be cool to do this every now and then, like even once a year. Hey, just to see I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have kind of a, a standing, I'm not on my desk here, just standing this little... all the time, like punching my yeah. mics and stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. No, let's definitely do it. That'd be great. It's going to be really cool. Cause I think, um, people we will really the find this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I think it'd be really <laughs> interesting to learn. You know, I'm sure that trends are going to obviously always evolve. Um, I'm sure as the platform we could do like grows. A, an expo recap, or, you know, like anything. Oh so. yeah. You know, we should do a live one at expo. That'd be really cool. Ooh. I'll bring me. I'll bring my stuff out when we come. Cause I have all the whole information. I mean, yeah, I'll be there. Right yeah. Now it's just down the road. So, <laughs> oh, it's right. Oh yeah. That's right. I forgot you said that. Yeah. Good for you. I will be yeah. flying from nice, cold, far away Chicago, but yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny though. Expo is like the perfect get out of the winter for all of us in the Midwest and the East coast. Cause Dude. it's like, yeah. you just, everyone user, flies to I'm California. Familiar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Caleb. I appreciate it, man. It was really fun having you on. And, uh, I, I hope we have a bunch of new people checking out thrive market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and if you do need some products, you know, you want to have a, a one-on-one brand meeting, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. So, Perfect. Absolutely. For everyone listening to that, there you go. There's your, there's your cue. Go try to find Caleb on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you.